Ira Melman from FAIR with me this afternoon to assess this plan from the president. Ira, how are you? I'm doing fine. Good to be with you. All right. So do you like what you're hearing from the president on this particular plan? Absolutely. And a lot of credit goes to Tom Cotton and David Perdue, who have introduced this legislation. Really, this is the legislative vehicle for a plan that was devised by the Jordan Commission back in the 1990s. That was a blue-ribbon bipartisan commission appointed by President Clinton, chaired by Barbara Jordan, who was a civil rights icon of the 1960s and 70s. And they came to the conclusion that our immigration policy doesn't serve any identifiable public interests. Uh, it, it really excludes people who are not related to other people who have come to the United States illegally. And they recommended that we have a much fairer immigration system and one that looks at people's individual merit and what they're likely to contribute to the United States. And it's essentially the sort of immigration system that other progressive countries like Canada and Australia have maintained for a long time. Uh, it's only the entrenched interests that are benefiting from the status quo, from this nepotistic system, that are going to try to defend it. Uh, but the American American public understands that we need to have an immigration policy that benefits the country. So you heard, and we heard the president describe this in, in, in the soundbite that I played leading into you, but can you explain a little bit more of how this would work? Well, it would work. It would put everybody on an equal footing uh, when they come to the United States or to apply to come to the United States. We would look at their job skills, their education levels, uh, their ability to speak English, uh, other things that might indicate success. Uh, another thing would be youth. You'd get points for that. Uh, so it would look at the totality of the people who are applying and make a determination who best fits the interests of the American people. This is, after all, a public policy, and public policy should serve national interests. And again, it is what Canada does, it is what Australia does, and you know, then we pick people based on those assessments. Uh, they can bring their spouses and unmarried minor children, uh, but beyond that, we cannot guarantee that you're going to be able to reunite with your entire extended family here in the United States. Yeah, so, so Senator Cotton says that it's going to double the number of green cards available to the high-skilled workers, but he also mentioned that it's not going to affect the other visa programs like the H-1B and the H-2B visas. Is that your understanding? Well, if that's what Senator Cotton said, he wrote the bill, so he should know best. Uh, but, you know, if we have a merit-based immigration system, there will be less need for these add-ons. You know, we have created all these add-on programs because we take about a million people a year through our legal immigration policy, and then we have some of our primary industries like high-tech saying, well, we can't find workers that we need out of this pool. Uh, so, you know, that ought to tell you something right there, that the immigration system we have now is not working to benefit the country and the economic needs of the country. So there will be less need for these add-ons once we have a program uh, that selects people based on their likelihood to contribute here and their compatibility with the economic needs of the United States. Ira, you're in Washington. I don't know if you've noticed, but the United States Senate has had a little trouble getting pieces of legislation across the finish line and to the president's desk. So you have two important senators working on this. The president's behind it. Chuck Schumer already calling it a non-starter. Do you think that this has enough of a consensus with Republicans to get this across the finish line? 
Well, you know, what's important, I think, is has a consensus with the American people, uh, Democrats, Republicans, independents. If you ask people objectively, do you think we have, should have a system that grants preference to people who have something to contribute here in the United States, a, a policy that puts everybody on an equal footing, doesn't uh, require that you have a relative here in the United States, you'd get large majorities of people across the ideological spectrum who would say, yeah, uh, you know, we, we in, we're in favor of that. What you are going to face is the entrenched special interests that are benefiting from the status quo. Every program, no matter how bad, develops a constituency, and they will fight. They will fight like heck to maintain uh, their privileges in immigration policy, but what we need is courage from our political leaders, and obviously that's been sorely lacking for a long time. Uh, We're going to need a messaging push from Congress, from the supporters of this bill, and from the White House, uh, because, as I said, the, the, the people who are benefiting from the status quo, they're not giving it up very easily. Ira Melman from FAIR is with me. So, meantime, today you have some Democratic lawmakers writing to the president on DACA and basically calling, that's the Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals, calling on him to maintain and protect that particular program. He seemingly has indicated that he will. What, what is your position on that? Well, you know, our view is that it was unconstitutional from the beginning. <laughs> it was, uh, you know, a, a policy that President Obama put in place because he didn't get Congress to act uh, the way he wanted them to on the DREAM Act. And so he said, well, you know, I'll just go ahead and do it myself. And the, the problem is it was never challenged, although Texas and a number of other states have indicated that they are going to challenge this now. Uh, but, you know, in, in the meantime, uh, what we need to do is work to stop illegal immigration reform our legal immigration policy, and, and then, you know, we, we can see what happens after that. But the priorities of the American public have been ignored for the past 40 or 50 years. They should be at the top of the list of, you know, people that Congress seeks to uh, maintain good faith with. And, you know, if we start there, we can start worrying about the other people later on, the people who have violated our laws. So Speaker Ryan said this week it's time for the wall. Where do you think they are on that? Well, you know, we are about $1.6 billion into it. We're going to need a lot more than that. That's what the president asked for in his budget. Uh, our view is that it's a much smaller number than is required. But that said, it is important to understand that the wall is not an answer by itself. You need to give people good reasons not to come across the border illegally in the first place. Uh, we need universal e-verify so that employers have a reliable way to uh, to check whether people are legally entitled to work in this country. Uh, what we have seen is that if you give people reasons not to violate our laws, uh, far fewer people violate our laws. And, it, you know, the wall will not stop the 40 percent of illegal aliens who enter the United States legally on visas and simply overstay. So it is one component of an overall strategy, but it's an important one, uh, not just for controlling illegal immigration, but for protecting national security, because you can be sure that ISIS and Hezbollah and all these other groups, they understand the vulnerability of our borders, and they will take advantage of it at some point. I remember with FAIR, the Federation for American Immigration Reform. Always great to have you on. Sorry I missed you guys in June. You always do the uh, Hold Their Feet to the Fire event. Most years I'm in attendance. Couldn't make it happen this year, but this issue is not going away. No, it's not. We hope to see you there next year. All right. Thanks, Ira. I appreciate it. You're welcome.